The following audio is via a Skype call. I will not be pushed, filed, stamped, indexed, briefed, debriefed, or numbered. My life is my own. TGIF, it's Manson Mitchell with Gary Manson, Suzanne Mitchell. A double shot of good conversation with great guests to jumpstart your weekend. Manson Mitchell, you're on the air. Thank you, Eric Kramer. Hi, everybody. I'm Gary Mance. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We are Manson Mitchell in your ears for the hour of a Friday. And of course, if that's happening, it's because of the Herculean efforts of our buddy, bad boy, Benny Mathers at the board. How are you today, Benny? That's all I'm going to say there, Gary. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Happy landings. <laughs> flybys. I don't know. There's no landings yet. I'm fine. By, I'm, by. I'm buzzing the tower. I'm buzzing your tower. Is that happening this weekend? That is this weekend. Yes. I'll tell you, I've had many a church service interrupted, which, depending on the quality of the sermon that day, was a good thing or a bad thing Praise by the Jesus. Blue Angels. <laughs> And you know what? As you played that, and that was funny, <laughs> there my mind went to a story that I saw on the news last night, made national news in Pierce County. Somebody decided they needed to land their little plane on the highway. <laughs> yep. See, there you go. I actually saw the live uh, dash cam video of that. That was pretty impressive. Oh, man. And nobody got hurt. No, nope. He landed it safely. There was apparently some fuel uh, malfunction with the, I don't know, pump or something like that. And uh, he had to make an emergency landing, I believe, uh, on the road. In fact, going the opposite direction was an officer and got it all on dash cam. So he whipped a, you know, a 180. <laughs> and then basically, it's like he's chasing down the airplane, like, hey, where are you going? You know, like, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> and, and when he got out of his car, he went up to the plane yeah. and yelled at the pilot, what is your major malfunction? Yeah, right? <laughs> what is your deal? <laughs> well, I'm glad all is well and yeah. all were safe yes. there as a result of that. That was some pretty stunning footage. Right. And nice not to have a fatality involved that you just had expert flying going on. Yeah, looking which for is a gas great. station. Could have been looking for a gas station for all we and, and, if <laughs> it, and if that would be happening anywhere, it seems like Seattle is the right place for it to happen. Yep. All right. Ordinarily, those sorts of weird stories are reserved for us in Florida. You know? Correction, we can't have yes. All of them. <laughs> yeah, that right. is very true, Gary. <laughs> we get 99% of them. We can't get all of them. Yeah, give us the, so, half a, uh, the other half percent. The other, other half yes. percent the ones is for that Oregon. have to do with planes can be for Seattle. Uh, right. Jet yeah. City. The other weird Seattle. Stuff One of Seattle's here. nicknames is Jet City. That's true. Mm -hmm. Today, we are going to go by the numbers. We're going to talk to a good friend of the show. He's one of those friends we have yet to meet. I hope to remedy that one day. I'm talking about Michael John Fierro. He is a numerologist of renown. And guess what? Today, and at his insistence, no less, he's a giving sort. And he thought this time around he would like to make time available, which will be about half the show today, make time available for numerological readings for you. So the listeners will have the opportunity when Suzanne puts out the numbers, there are two of them you can call. And when she gives the word or the numbers, as the case may be, we'll get into the numbers with you as you get up close and personal with Michael John Fierro. And we'll let you know what information you need to provide prior to being on air. So lucky you if you get a reading from Michael John Fierro because he is regarded as extraordinary among his peers. Beyond that, we have some mad props to read. Suzanne, if you please. Michael Fierro has been studying and working with numerology since 1984. 
He's committed to using numerology and introducing others to this ancient science. He strongly believes that this powerful tool provides a pathway towards greater self-understanding and a means to accept and come to terms with one's characteristics and personality. Better understanding of the self opens up the possibilities which encourage the leading of a more satisfying and fulfilling life. This is something that anyone can do as their contribution to creating a better world. His clients over the years, he has one specific goal in mind, assisting personal empowerment through understanding, acceptance, and responsibility. Welcome once again to Manson Mitchell, Michael John Fierro. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> so happy to have you with us once again, Michael. And thank you in advance for your willingness to uh, open the phones, let people come in and get up close and personal with you, as we like to say, in order to, to glean something that they can put to use based on a numerological understanding of their life path. It's extraordinary and metaphysical stuff, and we'd love to get into it with somebody who actually knows what they're doing. Okay, I'll see if I can find someone. <laughs> Michael, I've thought of several questions, and I'm not sure if I've asked you any of these before or not. If I have, I apologize. But the first question that I thought of was, we normally have you on toward the beginning of the year, the end of the year or the beginning of the new year, because we always like to say, now, what is this year going to be about? So when we had you on earlier, we were talking about 2019 and the fact that when you add together a two, a zero, a one, and a nine, you get a three. And my question for you this today is, does something different happen between odd years and even years? No, no, no not necessarily. I mean, in whether they're personal years or universal years, everything revolves around a cycle of nine. So in numerology, what happens with the numbers is each succeeding number solves the problem of the number that precedes it. Okay. So, so it, this is just, a, it, it's always kind of a nine-step process. Um, and each year has a different uh, energy and vibration to it, which creates a different set of circumstances and characteristics that are all part of proceeding along that nine-year plan. But whether it's odd or even, you know, it doesn't, uh, doesn't really uh, make a, a, a difference as to um, the, the interpretation. Okay. Well, good. Well, thank you for that one. And, and a similarly along similar lines is we just turned over another calendar, something that we do 12 times a year. And so we, we left July, we started into August. And so I'm wondering, does, does it affect people to go from one month to another numerologically? Well, sure, on an individual basis, yes. I mean, and even on a global basis. Um, you know, we're under, right now, we're under the influence of a three universal year. But within the context of this current year, each month has a different vibration to it also. So as we enter August, um, August would be an 11 universal month. So, 
so meaning you're you're adding the three from the year and the eight from the month to come up with an eleven. Correct. And then what what Correct. does that mean? Uh, an eleven universal year. What what does that signify? Well, it's a universal month, and and eleven you know eleven in numerology. It's the first of the uh, master numbers. Uh, master numbers are higher, calling of the lower digit. So there's a more um, spiritual content to the energy, um, and master numbers uh, tend to be uh, macro as opposed to micro. In other words, master numbers, the energy of a master number to be effective and to be beneficial must be exercised um, in a manner that benefits the greater good. It's about the all and not the few. So if you personally have a master number and you have a tendency to self-direct your energy, then what's going to happen is everything's going to backfire on you because you're working against the general principle of the, the number, which is to benefit the greater good. So 11 is the, mass, is, is the master teacher. It's the, it's the intuitive teacher. It's about raising people up. It's about showing them the way and moving things forward through knowledge and information and inspiration. I now, like that. master numbers that are not exercised at their higher power reduce to the worst conditions of the single digit that is underlying. So in the case now that, of the that is a very interesting thing, Michael. Yeah, say a little bit an about underlying that. worse condition explain uh, how would how would you go about discovering that except that it be handed down as tradition within numerology how have you seen that play out well let's talk about this on an individual level okay okay if you have a master number in your chart now in my belief and in my work i believe that if you have a master number it's an indication that on some level you raised your hand and volunteered to come back to this plane at this period of time in, in history. And if you have a master number, then you came back to do something that will help, again, the greater good. So an 11, again, is, is the intuitive teacher. It's the inspirational teacher. So, again, that energy must be directed outward. If you become too self-directed, then what will happen is the worst conditions of the two have a lot to do with shyness, being taken advantage of, um, things like that. Um, people can be very apathetic or very indifferent. They can be overly sensitive, very much of a doormat. So a person with an 11 life path or a 22, whatever the case may be, can easily, if, if they have some level of self-awareness, can easily discern when they're not standing in the energy of the 11 because what will happen is they're going to be in regular situations where people take advantage of them. And if, for all intents and purposes, they're going to walk all over them. Quite honestly, they should just stamp the word welcome on their forehead because they will be that kind of a doormat in their own life. And that's the universe's way of getting your attention to say, Listen, you're not doing this correctly. You want to step back and take a look at it. Because when you do start directing that energy outward, then that doormat energy dissipates and disappears. 
Okay. If you're a 22, which is the master builder here to help create the new world, if you're not exercising that at the higher vibration, it reduces to the worst conditions of the four, which means you will be constantly beset by obstacles and hardships and um, controlling issues from other people. Everything that happens will work to block you rather than to expand you. That reminds me of the line, and I don't have it down. My, I'm a little uh, short in the iambic pentameter department, but when I have read Shakespeare and he writes of a tide that runs in the affairs of men, this is what I'm thinking about as you talk, Michael, because you do it right, you get the benefit. Otherwise, your little boat winds up in the shoals and maybe capsizes and you have all of these obstacles to deal with because the things that were under your control and yours to do were not done or not done properly. Exactly. It's, it's, you know, think of it as if someone gave you a fortune and they gave you a fortune on the condition that you use that money to help others. And what happens? You decide, ah, the hell with everybody else. I'm going to squander it. I'm going to go buy a boat and 18 cars and three houses, and I'm going to jet around the world. And you blow that money, you waste that money without ever doing anything to reach out to help people. Well, things are only going to continue to get worse for you. Where if you were magnanimous and took that fortune that you were given and did do good deeds with it and did do good work with it, that fortune would probably expand because the universe would recognize that you are doing that which you were supposed to be doing, and consequently, we will reward you for doing so. I love that that could even possibly be true. Yeah, I and do I'm, too. I'm not denying it. The hopeful yeah. side of my nature wants that to be true because it, we retain the element of free will. We have choice, and maybe choice even before we take on these bodies. I'll segue to that, Michael, because... I've talked with you. I remember at least one time previously when you were on the show, we talked about the years in which we were born in idle moments. Countless times this has gone through my head. I was born in 1954, and that allowed me to be consciously aware and able with my allowance to go out and buy things that were coming down uh, the pipeline in the pre-cable, pre-digital era, things like Beatles records. And I spent my share of money on those and other artists that I enjoyed listening to. I could go and see a particular movie. I could do the things that you did as a preteen and a teenager in the 1960s. But being born, Michael, in 1954, I, if I had any choice in the matter prior to being born, the way I look at it, I did pretty well for myself because I did not have to face that terrible choice of whether or not I was going to go off to Vietnam to that misbegotten tragic conflict so wasteful in blood and treasure. I did not have, because we went to all volunteer service before there I would have been subject to the draft even before a draft lottery number, remember that, would have been relevant in my life by a couple of years. I just... I got around that, and I was able, right. as I say, to enjoy the pop culture there. But, you know, by not being over on the other side and holding off a bit, I didn't become a very comfortable member of the div digital revolution. The stuff was out there and available, but I have nothing like the facility that I see of, of the youngsters today in making use of it. 
And so I look at my life and I go, okay, I knew on some level what I was going to be in for, what I would get to experience. And I wouldn't trade the experience of being a little Beatlemaniac for anything. That was unique. It was wonderful. And I didn't go to Vietnam. There I was able to go to college, et cetera, et cetera. So I had the good and I had my limitations along with. But I look back prior to that, Michael, and I think of my dad, people 20 years older than guys like you and me, they had to make the choice about taking on a body and being on planet Earth in a time when one of your contemporaries was Hitler. And so they had to go off to war or conscientiously object to it, or maybe they were 4F because they had bad eyesight, flat feet, whatever it was. My own dad lined up for induction. What, what a horrible, cold feeling, what dread must have been running through his veins. But he lined up there in a small town near Pittsburgh on draft induction day, and there turned out to be one slot open for the Navy. And during World War II, you could be drafted into the Navy. All Army, but one slot they had to fill for the Navy. They gave it to my dad. So he went into the Navy, and he was on a tanker, the USS Manatee. He served honorably. He came back just fine and resumed life, ultimately becoming a very fine teacher of high schoolers in California. But there were guys who, along this line of thinking, chose to go off to war. They went into the Army, and some guys who were buddies of my dad's, high school mates, never made it back. And so I think about numbers, and I think about choice, and I think about destiny. Right. Well, you know, in my belief, you, you choose the time that you enter this plane. So we all have, you know, some sort of purpose, and we all choose our time to come back, and we come back repeatedly. So, you know, to a degree, you have to kind of buy into the concept of reincarnation. And if you're going to buy into the concept of reincarnation, then you also have to buy into the fact that there is, for lack of a better word, residue from your previous lives attached to your soul. So when you re-enter this plane in a new body with a new name, you carry with you those things to carry over from the previous lifetime. Some of that I can... Uh, I believe that I see through the numerology because uh, if you're missing a particular number or so in your name, in the spelling of your name, um, those are known as karmic lessons. Those are things that you needed that you need to work on when you come into this lifetime, many times because of things you did or did not do in a previous lifetime. So the person who was overly domineering, who is overly aggressive, who is overly controlling, may come into this lifetime with a number that puts them on the opposite side of that equation. So rather than being domineering, they are being dominated. Rather than being controlling, they are being controlled. Because the universe is a, it's a universe of balance. We need to be able to understand and experience both sides of anything in order for us to be a more fully developed entity. 
I love that sense? elegant thinking. That That is elegant thinking, Michael. And I can tell you that Suzanne and I have had this conversation more than once, and I will boil it down to this essence. Last time a master, this time a slave. That's the kind of dynamic I think that you are getting at. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, yeah, that's why, you know, no matter what your life may be, um, you have to understand that you chose it. And you also have to understand this, that every number has a positive and negative ledger to it. All numbers have positive and negative attributes and characteristics. Now, the, we as human beings, yes, we have free will, and we also have an ego. So we kind of make the choice as to which side of that equation we're going to be on, whether we do it knowingly or unknowingly. But I, it's always been my belief, and I've always said this, that the more human you are, the more you will resonate with the negative side of any list of attributes for any number. The more spiritually inclined you are, the more you will resonate to the positive side of that equation. For the most part, we're all a little bit of both. But there are certainly people out there that stay firmly entrenched in, in the negative uh, aspects and, you know, act accordingly. I won't mention any names. <laughs> you know, I, I like that because, you know, there isn't anybody who is all good or all bad. And so we're, we're generally on a gray scale somewhere, whether we are uh, experiencing and being our human selves with our egos fully intact, or whether we're having a, a spiritual moment of loving kindness, that both of those things exist in the same person. And, um, and, and so it kind of begs the question once again uh, about choice and also what we're here to experience. If one time we're going to be um, um, controlling and in, and in a different time we're going to be controlled so that we can experience all of that, it, it might be that if you are in the throes of one of those experiences right now, it seems as though even in the, in the same lifetime, you can make that switch. You can exactly. be, you can either be more controlling if you've been very passive, or you can be less controlling if you've been very aggressive. And it doesn't necessarily mean it's happening in different lifetimes. It could be you could make that change in one lifetime. And, and, and I guess that would make some sense numerologically? Sure, because it all comes down to your level of self-awareness. You know, I'm sure we all know people who at some point in, in their lifetime made a change in their behavior. Actually, a very, two, actually two very good examples. And they both, uh, they both recently released books. The first is Howard Stern. There at times was a, you know a little over the top, right? And he went through years of intensive therapy and came to the realization that his behavior was not acceptable, and then went through the process of apologizing to people. And he did change. It, it, even the tenor of his show anymore is a little different than it used to be because he had that realization. 
Chelsea Handler, the same thing. You know, she's very outspoken. She's very outrageous. She's very over the top. She's very honest. But in reading her book and, and reading her experiences in going through therapy, where she came to the realization that what happened is she began to understand why she behaved the way she was behaving. And then through the process, went through the conscious effort of changing that behavior. So it's, it's possible for anyone to change. You have to have the desire. You have to have the willingness. If you're going to say, oh, I can't change, that's just the way I am, well, then that's the way you are, and you're never going to change, and you will suffer the consequences accordingly. Michael, I like that you say that you have to have the desire. Um, you know, we talk about choice, which kind of sounds like a neutral word, but when you say desire, you're talking about putting some emotion behind your choice. You you are saying, I have been feeling one way and I want to feel another way, and so you have a, a desire to actually have a different experience of life and you can do that. And it's funny because we we do say either about ourselves, you know, I'm not going to change. I'm This is how I am. Or we say that about other people. Well, they're never going to change. They've always been that way. And, and right. so it, that limits our, ourselves. And it also limits other people when we make those claims about change. And it certainly does look like that when someone has had the same type of behavior for decades. And then you think, well, you know, that's never gonna change. But I like the fact that you say it definitely can. That That is a very, very positive thing to say. I like that a lot. Let me bring it around from the other side. On the converse, and this is not by way of judgment, because I think that this lady has tremendous talent, more than I ever gave her credit for until recent years, and that's Miley Cyrus. She made a choice, too. Now, do I own any uh, recordings of Miley Cyrus? I do not. I can go and catch it on YouTube. I wouldn't go out and and download iTunes of her because I'm too old and it would be creepy there. But Miley Cyrus, I've seen her, <laughs> I've seen her turn in marvelous live performances. And I think this is very interesting to me because she had her wild and rowdy period. Remember Wrecking Ball? She right. was Hannah Montana. And then she made a choice about what her career trajectory was looking like and what she wanted it to be. And she's achieved a great deal since that time when, I think it was on an episode of Saturday Night Live, somebody asked her what happened to Hannah Montana, and she goes, she died. Well, in a sense, Hannah Montana did die in order for Miley Cyrus to be more authentically herself at that stage of her life. And was she controversial? Sure, and to some degree, I suppose she still is. But her artistry has grown so much that I really have to hand it to her because she made a conscious choice about her musical destiny. Right. Well, listen, we can just take the Beatles, for example. You know, the Beatles started out as a very innocent pop band who sang string, uh, one after another of number one, two-and-a-half-minute pop ditties. And in the span of their eight-year recording career, totally transitioned. 
and in transitioning, changed the entire music scene. Now, that was a conscious choice, but, you know, many times, especially for an entertainer, you start out with what will get you in the door. And then as you become more well-known and more successful, it gives you more control over the choices you make. And, yes, we all, you know, and, and to go from the innocent to the, um, the bad girl, bad boy, it's not uncommon. If you've ever known any woman who ever went to a convent for school and see what happens to them once they get out of the convent and out into the world, you know, they move 180 degrees in the other direction. So that's kind of human nature. Yes. But, you know, people do grow. We are, you know, in many, in some ways we are the same person we were when we were a teenager. And in many ways we are not. So we all have that choice. And, and you know, going back to the numerological thing, as I said earlier, the numbers you're missing in the spelling of your chart are known as karmic lessons. They're there for a reason. And the key word there is lesson. That means there's something there to be learned. Now, you can learn that lesson very young. You can learn that lesson in your teens. You may not learn that lesson until you're in your 50s. But it is a lesson, and it can be learned. The only reason you're not going to learn is because you're either so uninvolved in yourself that you're not aware of it, or you just don't really care enough to want to make that change. But the potential and the possibility is always there. The potential, the possibility is always there. On that note, Michael John Fierro, numerologist extraordinaire, a man of generous heart and open-mindedness, is making his time available to you. We're running just a little bit late for our break, so we need to get that in. But Suzanne, why don't we let people know the numbers to call and what they're going to need to provide in the way of personal information? It's not all that much. It's just the essentials so that Michael can do a good reading for you. And then we will open up the phone lines during the break and come back and see who gets to talk to Michael John Fierro. The telephone numbers to call are from anywhere, area code 425-373-5527. I'll repeat that. 425-373-5527. If you're in Western Washington, you can also call toll-free at 1-888-298-5569. And when you call in, please let Benny know your first name and where you're from, but also your complete birth date, month, day, and year. And what Michael Fierro will be giving will be a small reading based on your birth date. So it's going to be a, like a large appetizer. And then if you want more information about how to connect with him, we'll be sure to give that out as well. And fortune favors the brave. So if you're not embarrassed about giving us your birth year, you will get a more accurate reading from Michael because in his work, he needs that to do his work well. So those who will call and provide that information, we will get you on just as soon as we can. Michael John Fierro, the numerologist, he's back again with us and at your service on the other side of a short break. You're listening to Manson Mitchell, and lucky for all of us, you are tuned in to Seattle's home of Alternative Talk, AM 1150. The preceding audio was via a Skype call. Staying connected with Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell is easy. Just go to mansonmitchell.com for the latest info on topics and guests. 
friend Gary Mance and Suzanne Mitchell on their Facebook pages and like the Mance and Mitchell show page at facebook.com slash Mance and Mitchell. If you're on Twitter, share a follow with Gary and Suzanne at Mance Mitchell. Join Gary and Suzanne Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. for an unusual show that covers everything from personal growth to the paranormal. Here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world-famed, most unusual novelty act. The home of the A-Team of Alternative Talk is manceandmitchell.com. Heard right here on Alternative Talk 1150 AM or streaming live from your computer anywhere. If you're talking, they will hear you. We all want our kids to grow up safe and healthy, so we show them how. And we tell them with honest conversations that let them know what we expect. Not just one time, but every chance we get. That's especially important when it comes to alcohol and other drugs. Kids not only need to know the dangers and how to avoid them, they need to hear it often from you. And when it comes to pain medications, opioids, they need to know that they should never be taken without a prescription and never shared with friends or family. It's dangerous and illegal. So talk with your kids and guide them through the challenges of growing up safe and healthy. Because when you talk, they hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samhsa.gov. So talk, they hear you. You can do it if you try. On Friday, Nancy Mitchell welcome back numerologist Michael John Fierro, who will be taking calls while he teaches us life by the numbers. On Saturday, Tanya and Joey Medea return with insights gained from their latest investigations of haunted hotspots in America. Bringing you fascinating talk since 2007. We are Manson Mitchell, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on Alternative Talk AM 1150. Talk radio with a purpose. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Manson Mitchell. We are on uh, the air with Michael John Fierro, numerologist who is taking your calls in this half hour. And I'm going to give out those numbers once again. And those numbers are 425-373-5527 or in Western Washington, 1-888-298-5569. And what we need from you would be your first name, where you're calling from, and your full birth date. And Michael John Fierro will tell you a little bit based on that information. And the idea here is to find out where you are and where you can go from here based on your free will choices and based on a range of possibilities that may not be unlimited exactly. I mean, not not un- totally, you know, totally unlimited for all of us because we have certain constraints in our lives. It's true. But what are your possibilities? Should you zig when you're thinking you might zag? Do you buy this? Do you hold on to that car an extra year? Do you go for that job you've been pining for so long and suddenly it's available? It's about choice and numbers can indicate with a striking precision, as far as I can tell, what your range of possibilities is and your responsibility, your personal responsibility in the matter. So I think I'm describing that pretty well there. Michael, we're gonna keep talking because I, I I can't tell from the text whether uh, we have anybody waiting on the line or somebody's getting ready to call in. So uh, we'll just keep talking until somebody does come through. We could ask Benny. Okay. 
But Benny's got to be a guinea pig now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I meant ask him if there's a caller. <laughs> oh, okay. That's okay. He's standing by the phones there. So um, don't be shy. Give us a call. Don't be shy. And... Don't be afraid. There's nothing to be fearful. I'm not going to tell you anything that you probably don't already you'll gain a little insight into things for yourself that will help you as you move forward. I like the idea of numbers and choices and the interaction between them. I've heard, for example, Michael, and I get that oddly enough when it comes to numbers, I mean, it's been a long time since I got a tarot reading, but when, when these so-called pip cards will show up and a number like seven will show up, there I think, well, seven, you know, you look at it in our culture, seven's a lucky number, but not so in every culture. You want three sevens to line up in Las Vegas there. But if you get a reading where there's seven, I've always understood that to be a rather intellectual number where there's challenge and conflict. And sometimes within the nature of partnerships, you're going to have to sort things out and people make their choices in a way that sometimes is downright uncomfortable. So that would be an example of how a number has a significance uh, in and of itself to people who have to make choices in life. All right, but the reason for that is that a seven is a very introspective number. In ancient times, the seven was immediately put into the, the ministry, the priesthood, whatever. It's a very um, spiritual number. It has a lot to do with the occult. has a lot to do with math and science and understanding and education. It also, by its very nature, is somewhat hermetic in, in its, uh, in its uh, characteristics. It's not a great social number. Now, that doesn't mean that sevens can't be out there socializing, but given a choice, most sevens will prefer their alone time, their solitude, or to be with a group of, small group of people that can do something to, en to enhance their lives. They're not so much small talk, um, you know, people who just need to be involved in everything. We, our lines are filling up now, Michael, so I want to get you with the first caller, and that is Catherine calling from Seattle, and Catherine's birth date is 11-29-1954. Okay. Catherine, hello. Say, hel say hello to Michael Fierro. Hello. Hello, Catherine. How are you? Okay. Okay. Well, I so, think... Catherine, you, you have a five-life path. Mm-hmm. Um, so a, a five-life path, is, your life should be one of adventure. Fives are a very curious, adventurous number. They like to uh, – it's a, an experiential number. Five, uh, they're very curious. They get bored very easily. So in your life, whatever work you do or did needed to be work that you were not a person who should have been sitting behind a desk. You're the person who needs to be out on the road, out there interacting, selling, producing new ideas. Fives are excellent salespeople. They also do well uh, because five is the middle number between one and nine, so it's a balanced number. So they also gravitate at times towards legal or law and order professions. They also can gravitate towards uh, food service because five is also a representation of the human condition, the five senses. So the thing you need to learn with a five is, A, you need to be balanced. 
I don't know what your full name is, uh, but just looking at your first name, you already have at least three fives in the spelling of your name. So you are a person who has a tendency to get bored easily. If you were in school today, can, depending on what the rest of your chart shapes out, it's quite possible that people might have considered you to be ADD. Because fives have very quick minds. They pick things up very quickly. So in school, what happens? They start the lesson on Monday. They end it on Friday. Well, a five will probably get the gist of it by Tuesday. And then what are they supposed to do for the next three days? They start acting up because they're bored. Um, you do need to be careful of overindulging in pleasures of the senses. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, overeating, whatever. Again, balance, balance, balance. You do have a one-challenge lifetime, so your biggest lesson in life was to learn to stand on your own two feet. Your biggest challenge in life, excuse me, was to learn to stand on your own two feet. And you do have difficulties with authority. You don't like to be told what to do. Your tendency may be to rebel against authority, which may have been obviously more uh, active uh, when you were younger. Uh, you are currently in a six-personal year. Um, Actually, you're in a 33-6 personal year, so this uh, this will end at your birthday. So this uh, the underlying six is a year of service to others. There may have been situations, your home or family, where you had to take care of someone. <clears throat> there may have been some added responsibility. And the overarching 33, 33 is the Christ consciousness. It's a very it's a healing energy. So things uh, I don't know what you do or, or what kind of life you lead, but this would have been a year where uh, being there for others and doing your best to elevate things uh, would have been uh, paramount in, uh, during the course of the year. And, again, that will go until your birthday. How does wow. that sound? <laughs> You're pretty much That's right on. Lot. Yeah, so very good. Put that on your GPS. Thank yeah. you for calling, Catherine. <laughs> okay, you thank you. got a lot you. of good information. And that's how it thank works. You. I don't right. know how Michael does it, but he, he gets into the weeds of the numbers and he was able to, to deliver these insights to people who have choices to make. Your ongoing life is worth the effort to look into it. And if you can do it with some facility, with numbers in and of yourself, good for you. I'm not very good at that. I'm a words person. I'm not so much of a numbers person. But Michael knows the numbers and he's more than willing to help you here today. I do believe we have someone else waiting oh, yes. to get on. Tammy is calling from Green Lake and Tammy's birthday is 01-14-1968. Tammy, say well, hi to you Michael. Like graduated high school. Hello. 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 Yes, hello, Tammy. Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? We hear you just fine. Okay. Okay, How are you, Tammy, you have a three you have a three life path. Now three in numerology is, is a very creative number. It's a very artistic number. It has a lot to do with words written or spoken. It also has a healing quantity a quality to it. So it's important for you that you have some creative outlet in your life. And it can be anything. It can be music, it can be art, it could be writing, it could be poetry, whatever. Something creative. It, it would be an important part of uh, an element of your life that you should have. Um, threes are very gregarious. They're very social. They tend to be the life of the party. Um, so you, uh, 
which is all well and good. You just need to make sure it doesn't, you know, kind of get out of hand. And, and the, the party aspect of being the center of attention all the time isn't the driving force in your life. Unless, of course, you're an entertainer or something, then it would work perfectly. Um, you have a four challenge in the first position, which would have covered the first 33 years of your life. So the indication there is that you came out of a family that was somewhat authoritarian, probably a lot of rules and regulations. Perhaps one or both of your parents worked for the government or the military or the police or something like that. But you were certainly, a lot, in your early years probably had some uh, a degree of restrictions to them that you probably chafed against. Um, your lifetime challenge is a five. So if you were listening when I was speaking to Karen, uh, Catherine, five as a lifetime challenge definitely indicates that you need to make sure that you have a balance point in your life. It is very easy for you to go too far afield in any one direction. Sex, drugs, and rock and roll is certainly kind of a remedy you may gravitate towards when things aren't going right. And in not only sex, drugs, and rock and roll, it could be drinking, it could be overeating, whatever the case may be, promiscuity, all of that stuff. So it's very important for you that you have a middle ground. That way, if you can identify your middle ground and have an anchor to it, if you do go too far afield in a direction, you at least have a point to ha aim back towards. Okay? Yes. Um, you are currently in a nine-personal year. You're in the last year of your current nine-year cycle. So between now and your birthday next January, it's very important for you to take an inventory of your life and make an assessment as to the things and the people and the situations in your life that do not serve you and serve your highest good. And then you need to take steps to rid yourself of those things. Now, in some instances, some of those things may very well disappear on their own. You may, you know, be hanging out with Barbara, and Barbara's a bit of a pain in the ass at times, and then all of a sudden Barbara just disappears. Okay, she, did, she took care of it for you rather than you ousting her. She left on her own. So it is important because these things in your life that aren't serving you, that you need to become aware of and need to take steps to rid yourself of. If you do not rid yourself of them, and you carry these things forward into your next cycle because at your birthday next year you're going to enter your one year, then these conditions and situations that are there now will exacerbate. In other words, if you think it's bad now, just wait a few months. You're going to see how much worse it can get. So I urge you to, to take some time, and you may have been doing this consciously or unconsciously since your birthday, but I certainly urge you to take the final years of this, the final months of this year, and do what you need to do to clear the deck so you can erase the board and start writing something new on it. Okay. Make sense? Sounds good. Yes, yes, it does. It does. Yes, I'm, I'm doing that. I actually am. Thank okay. you very much. Thank yeah, you. Thank you for calling, Tammy. Well, that's a situation where you've got your work cut out for you, but look at all the opportunities that beckon. We've got Naomi calling from Seattle, and Michael, her birthday is 12-10-1954. Hello, Naomi. No, 52, 52, 5-2. 5-2, oh, I'm sorry. 5-2, okay. not 5-4. <laughs> okay, Michael's so Naomi, get those you, have a, right. you also have a 12-3 life path, so everything I just said to Tammy in that regard also applies to you. Um, 
Were you a bit of a tomboy when you were young? Yes, I was. Yes, my, mother, were. my mother said, by the time I hit about 12 or 13, my mother sent me to etiquette school. Okay. And how were you able to balance you? that book on your head? Pardon, yes. <laughs> yes. Or else. <laughs> so now I say that because you have a two challenge in the first position. So one of the lessons and one of the challenges you had early on in your life, uh, part of the two challenges, to learn patience and tolerance and acceptance of other people. My wish is for you that you certainly did do that. The other part of that for a female usually indicates that there's some tomboy energy attached there. Perhaps you had a lot of brothers or you hung out with the guy. Nothing wrong with it, just something that shows up in your chart. Now, you also have a five challenge in the lifetime position. So, again, everything I just said to Tammy applies to you. And for you, there's a caution because your second challenge is a seven. Uh, oh, wow. And and what, in the worst case scenario, the seven challenge is addiction. So okay. you really uh, need and, and the seven challenge coupled with the five challenge certainly shows that you would uh, could have very easily fallen into addictive patterns with drinking or drugs or gambling or anything else like that. Um, right. Is that in fact the scenario that happened? I never have done either. Any of those, uh, my only vice right now is smoking, and I start my quit smoking program today. So. Good I, luck okay. with that. So I wish you the best. <laughs> yeah, I, did, I've never were been. Were there any addictions in your life? Did you, were there, nope. was there a family member or someone maybe yeah, you were yeah, in a yeah. relationship with? There have been plenty of family members, but not, and my boyfriend currently has an addictive personality, so, yeah. Okay, well, uh, uh, but you don't, you say? Pardon? You say no, you I don't? don't? I don't. I never have. Nope. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that's good because, uh, you know, they're, they're, that, that throws a red, when I see that combination in a chart, it throws a red flag after me. So there's always a real cautionary uh, warning there with that combination because, the five's desire to be experiential and adventurous leads it to want to try everything. And the seven, because of its propensity at times to become addicted to things, that's a really wicked combination. So I'm pleased to hear that, that in fact, that was not a case for you. Uh, you are currently in a seven personal year. So this is certainly a year for you to kind of reflect on your life to do some research and educate yourself, do your best to gather knowledge. Whatever you do learn, you will be best served by sharing what you learn with others. But as in the Bible, on the seventh day, God rested. So is the case in the seventh year, that it's a time to kind of step back out of the limelight. It's not a great year for socialization or anything else. It's a time to, for reflection and meditation and, and uh, gathering of knowledge and wisdom. Okay, thank you. Thank you for okay. calling, Naomi. Best of luck. Naomi's making some changes now, starting today. I think that's wonderful. Godspeed. We have one more caller on the line, but she would have to get a speed reading, Michael. Can you do one in about a minute or two? Sure. All right, we have Jackie calling 
from Seattle, and her birthday is 10, 14, and maybe 1954. Is that right, Jackie? That's right. Okay. You're going to get the speed one since we're coming up on the last couple minutes. Go for it, Michael. Okay, okay Jackie, you have a seven life path. So sevens are the teachers. They're the scientists. They're the researchers. Um, you have a very great intellectual and spiritual curiosity. Um, you, you know, books and things like that probably resonate greatly with you. Um, you do have a tendency at times to uh, be a little hard to read. You tend to follow your own counsel. You're not really outgo outgoing in the sense that people will tend to think you're a little stuck up or aloof, which is not the case. Sevens just like to keep things close to the vest. They hold on to things. They reveal themselves in their own time on their own terms, and if they get pushed, they just clam up. Um, for you, you have a four challenge in the first two positions, so control issues are something you need to deal with. Again, as, as was with um, uh, Tammy, uh, you may have come out of a very authoritarian home, a lot of rules and regulations, which, again, very restrictive. You may have rebelled against. Um, and control issues are something you need to be very careful of. You yourself may a bit, be a bit controlling with people, and that being said, what also happens is you attract to yourself people who are controlling. So what you need to learn, is, as the Beatles sang, let it be, the best control is no control, okay? Uh, yes. You just have to let things play out. You can't push water, so don't even attempt it. And also, you're in a nine personal year, so as I said to Tammy earlier, this is a year for closing up things. Actually, you'll be going into your one personal year at your birthday, so you have only a couple of months to make sure that you rid yourself of those things in your life that do not serve you. Excellent. Jackie, thank, thank you. you. That was great, especially for a quick reading. Thank you. Michael John Fierro, if people want to connect with you, what is the best way to do that? Uh, through my website, which is michaeljohnfierro.com. And because I knew I was coming on the air today, I'm running a special until August 15th. If you purchase a copy of my book through my website, what you will get, uh, along with the book, you will get your chart done, but you will also get a free 15-minute reading. Wow. Oh, that's now, excellent. Again, Mike, this Michael is a limited time only. Yep. So you need to act fast. MichaelJohnFierro.com. Thank you, Michael. We look forward to the next time. My pleasure, as always. Coming up next. Uh, Christine Upchurch, followed by the Susan Harmon Experience and American Road Trip Talk with host Gary Mance. Let this be the start of a great weekend, everyone. The preceding audio was via a Skype call.